All right, guys, here we go. Another episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. Uh, this is episode number 72. Uh, this intro is going to be really quick and to the point. Uh, PJ Sykes from Richmond, Virginia, uh, and from my hometown of Lynchburg, Virginia, originally. Uh, musician most of his life. Uh, he has a new album out with his band Hoax Hunters. Uh, that's com- well, that's coming out 8-5, uh, so we'll have some links to that. Uh, beyond being a musician, though, he is a renowned concert photographer. Uh, that is one of the things that I really wanted to talk to him about. Um, a bunch of years ago, he decided he just wanted to take that up and wanted to give it a shot. Turns out he was really good at it, and turns out other people thought he was really good at it, too. Uh, his photos have, have appeared in magazines and album covers. In fact, most recently, the Lamb Chop uh, Live from Merge 20 uh, album cover. Uh, that was announced today. Uh, even better still, he is the official photographer for Merge 25, which starts on Wednesday, which is the day after you're going to hear this. So he's probably heading down there now. Uh, at any rate, super talented guy. Uh, a lot of insight into, into why you would want to do any of this, why you would want to be in a band, why you would want to be a concert photographer, uh, why you want to create. Uh it is it's one of my favorite conversations we've had uh, besides the conversation with Sean Barna uh, simply because of that. Uh, you hear somebody who understands like the, the reasons to create and the reasons that can get in your way. Uh, it, it's pretty inspiring. This was an early morning talk on Sunday, uh, and uh, it, was, it was, like I said, it ran a little long, but it, it was just fucking great. So uh, I am going to get out of the way and let you hear that now. Uh, so here we go, episode number 72 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. Uh, this is my conversation with PJ Sykes. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. That right there is a logical fallacy. No shame. And I mean, because I, like, you know, I'm serious about it. Yeah. There's no irony. Like, right. You know, right, all, sure, yeah. I was confused that I could get oats, but not Hall. Yeah, and not he, both of them. Well, they're, bo- they're like on different contracts now, I think. Oh, shit. Are they? Because Hall's got his show, like, I forget what it's called. Live at Daryl's house. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think, and, you know, I think they do their separate things, but they're just kind of getting back together because of this. Rockwell Hall of Fame thing. Money. I think I don't know. Maybe I know, but it seems like they're on separate. Like, you know, they're they're independently working, and then sometimes they come together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for somebody who's in a in a sort of indie rock band, you seem to know a lot about Hall Notes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I'm not going to deny. Uh, which by the way, so this is PJ Sykes Hi. You're in the basement. Hello, thank you for coming up. Yeah, thanks for having visiting me. visiting DC uh, here today to talk about 
uh, Hope Centers yeah. stuff. <laughs> or, you know, knowing that you're from Lynchburg, we can actually talk about the tea room for an hour. Oh, man, yeah. So, room, Cheesy yeah. Western. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any idea how they get the hot dog that red? Oh, I don't even want to know. It's not even... It's a... <laughs> it's a it's a pink red. It's like a weird fluorescent pink red. It, it looks like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, like a baby. Yeah, it's just, it's just not good. Um, but they still sell them. They do, and it's still open, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's one, there's one there, there's one in Roanoke. Yeah, I, th- I right. believe. I, maybe I got this wrong. I don't go back as much as I used to. I think they're opening another one somewhere else, like in Lynchburg. Uh, but I could be wrong about that. That's, because, you know, like we talked earlier, that area of town uh, is just not as happening as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. And that's right next to where the train derailed. It's where the train derailed. It's also like the last stop out of town. Yeah, like or drive, the first stop in if you're coming from Hogtown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come across the water. Yeah. Just like, huh. That's the recommended entrance, by the way. I need a, what, through, a, what is it, uh, Madison Heights? Yep, is that, Hogtown, yeah. Madison Heights. Yep, yep. Uh, so that's, if you do go through there, and it is beautiful... If you want to go through Lynchburg, come in that way, hit the tea room, uh-huh. and about a half mile on your left is a cool record store called uh, Speaker Tree Records. Okay. Uh, and that's another good stop. And then after that, you just leave. The bathroom go between else. the tea yeah. room and that because you're going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, they put, a, they put a traffic circle there right on Fifth Street. Uh, <laughs> like, holy shit. They're like, let's put a traffic circle that will bring people down. And it just confuses people. I mean, it's bringing me down. I mean, yes, yeah, like different way. Like, cause it's sad. I yeah, I'm not a fan of traffic circles. And uh, if <laughs> there's one in Lynchburg now, I'm just there I, is. that is really god damn. Yep. All right, I need to get back there uh, <laughs> for the traffic circle. Yeah. Uh, back to what you're here for. Uh, your band Hoax Hunters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, has an upcoming album. It is upcoming, right? Yeah, it's going to come out. I think we can tell this now. Yeah, uh, August fifth. Okay. Uh, is when it comes out on Negative Fun Records. Nice. Out of Raleigh, nice. North Carolina. You guys going to be torn behind it? A little bit. Um, we're um, we're in a position where we don't really, um, we can't really, we all have full-time jobs. Yeah. So we're going to do different things, like try to play record stores and uh, do podcasts, hopefully, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. radio stations. Do as much as we can. We'll probably travel regionally when we can. Uh, but yeah, we're not going to hit the road for two weeks or anything. Our wives and jobs would not like that. I think that's that's getting sort of to be the modern paradigm. Yeah, and I don't. For this, you it's, know, it's I don't, nothing about touring is um, glamorous when you're no. sleeping in a van <laughs> and you're playing in people's basements to ten people. You know, um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. I did that before, yeah. and um, yeah, we're just trying to be choosier. You know, now is, is this the first record that you guys have done together? First or? full record with this band, yeah. And you've done an EP, right, or not? Yeah, we did like a demo before, and then we had a Record Store Day single that I put out my label, and it was a square plastic, wasn't vinyl, it was like a plastic lathe cut record. We made 40 lathe cut, and it was a square shape. Oh, wow. Um, we did that for Record Store Day last year. Um, so that was the first real release, and that you can get that song on. Um, Pretty much anywhere. Yeah, yeah. iTunes um, or whatever. So I was actually listening to it this morning. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure, uh, and I'm interested to see how you would sort of qualify, or qualify your music, like what you would think about it. But it seems to uh, have a good bit to do with the hardcore scene that was going on in Richmond, but also uh, a good bit to do with, like there's these weird like polished moments that get it up to like Foo Fighters stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it'll drop down and like, uh, 
I can only presume you guys love Lou Barlow. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is Sebado up in the right. six? That's yeah. No, you get you exactly. Um, we kind of described it as um, early S- SST records. You know, Dinosaur Junior, Black Flag, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we lo- we all love that stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, DC stuff is in the mix. But you know, growing up in Virginia, you're kind of smacking. You're in like a Emerge Records uh, Discord sandwich. <laughs> so people either went north. Like yeah, if either people figured it out in the '90s and early 2000s. You figured it out. You're like, all right, well, I'm either gonna go up north and be part of that because I'm into hardcore, or I like more polished poppy stuff. I'm gonna go straight down and go to the Chapel Hill area. Yeah, and I just kind of felt stuck in the middle. Like I liked both of that so much. Yeah. That um, you know, I love the Foo Fighters. I love Lou Barlow. I love Donister Jr. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I mean Fugazi. I mean, I just I, I love music, a uh, huge range of music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, y- y- exactly. Um, you know, we're trying to write, um, you know, pop songs and then make them more like gnarly. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know? and that's actually I think I think what what is cool about the record is that it um, it does that. It it's it oh, doesn't thanks. it's thanks. not there's not a point where you're completely comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I think the first song, yeah, you put it on and you're like, oh, this is. I mean. It, I'm okay with this. There's yeah. not, it, it's good. It's, it's rocking. It's, there's nothing like pushing me like necessarily out of my comfort zone and stuff. Yeah. But then it takes little turns, and you're like, "Whoa, wait, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah. Which is a good, which is a good trick. It's a good songwriting trick because then I think it exposes people a little more to music they might not normally listen to. Yeah. So yeah. if you say to somebody like you like the Food Fighters, you know, listen to this, they're going to listen to it. But then it's going to take a turn into yeah, like, yeah, hopefully, yeah, weird yeah. dark. Just like gnarly right. shit, yeah. And they're gonna be like, "What is that? I've never, yeah. I, I don't, I don't. Ooh, maybe I should, maybe <laughs> I should check that out and figure out what it is." Yeah, and this record, because it is the first one, and we consciously wanted to um, kind of try a few different things. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have at least three or four different um, avenues we could take. I didn't want to be pigeonholed from now on. To be like, "Well, you made that record. Now you got to make more like that." Or people aren't going to be happy. You know, you do it for yourself, number one, but you do want people to like it. Yeah. So, you know, that there was a conscious effort to try to explore a few different things uh, in this record and see what happens. Uh, and then, uh, thankfully, I think it worked well together. You know? And it's a trio right now, right? Yeah, it's a trio, yeah. And who, like, what are the writing responsibilities? Is it like- uh, it's primarily me. Okay. And then I bring it to the band, and we kind of polish it out, and they do put their thumbprints on it. Yeah. Um, which is which is kind of how I envisioned this project to be more like in the future. It's like um, going back to, like, not being able to tour and being, mm-hmm. you know, having adult life now where you have work and other responsibilities. Um. I kind of want to. I mean, I don't want to stop making music or art right. or other things. So this is just one way to do it. So I really like how like uh, Queens of Stone Age work, and I mean, there's a bunch of other bands where you know one record might be these people and the next record might be these other people, but it still feels like that path is going forward. And, and so I'm going to probably write most of the material and then kind of help have other people help me construct it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's a good model. I mean, it's. I think it's hard for artists a lot of time to find their voice, but once you find that, that mm-hmm. doesn't you don't necessarily like you were saying you don't you don't want to get pigeonholed. Yeah. I, I think that's totally out of your hands. Like yeah, yeah there's nothing right. like and and you and you maybe and you shouldn't play to that if you're an artist. Be like I don't want to do get pigeonholed, so I'm going to make it weird because then <laughs> yeah, right, it yeah. just doesn't sound honest. But I think once if you find your voice to that, then uh, p- 
people will pick up on that. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of people like I talked to, like a Sylvanessa last week and yeah. talking about that, yeah. making it uh finding like the humanity in that. Right. And that's what's important in locking in, no matter what it sounds like, because people like pick up on that. Right, yeah. Um I think it's cool too that like, you know, there is the again, the modern paradigm of how you're gonna create music. There's mm-hmm. you know, Sex, drugs, and rock and roll—that that's sort of dead. I, I, it's not—it's at least not viable. It's a young man's game. It is a young man's game. A young person's game, I should but say. But there's nothing that says, you know, the the reality is, if you say you had done this when you were like 21, mm-hmm. and it hit, and it was like right. huge, right? Reality is, you're probably going to be writing better stuff now because you've just lived more. Right. You live more. You have more experience. You understand things better. Um, or maybe the other thing happens where you were hitting on something you didn't understand, and then you can't capture it again. Yeah. There's some people who have that. They, that happens a you lot. Know, there were there was something magical in mm-hmm. that moment. And uh, I don't know. I think the latter, uh, having not had something super successful younger. Right. Um is better for somebody making art into their thirties and forties and fifties. Like, cause you know, you have time to grow and experience different things and yeah. hopefully the, the mass of your work adds up to something instead of just one hit yeah. or one album. Um, that seems just r- ridiculous or scary that one thing would just shadow everything else for the rest of your life. Yeah. I, you know? Well, I mean, it's also like, it's figuring out how to change public perception of that because it yeah. is like, it is, you know, a, a pop sphere. Yeah. Like, no, if you're, if you're putting your music out there, unless it's so totally obscure that like nobody's, well, everything's going to have an audience. Yeah. Right. But if you have an audience that potentially could at least supplement what you're making and mm-hmm. supplement your life, uh, you know that is getting out in that in that sphere, and there are, uh, I guess, limits. But like I said, if you can hook them into your voice, right, and and get people to understand that maybe it's not about all like the star fuckery and shit. It's right. about like this person is good. You should support them because not everything's going to be great. Right. Yeah. It's I, just I love the journey. Like I, yeah. I have friends who are like. Uh, oh, you want to listen to that band? Well, you have to pull up that record. And like, yeah, obviously that's the best one. But like, I like, I love like most of my favorite bands have periods where they're just like, what are they doing? Like, there's yeah. some stuff on here I like, but man, but I love to see, I love to see the transition between things. I think that's the interesting part to understand somebody or a person or artist that you love go through different changes and then pop out on the other side and be like, wow, you. You did this thing that was great. Mm-hmm. You did some things that were okay, and then you did something else that was great. But the stuff in between is what makes that, to me, uh, it, it, it makes it just. I can understand it better. Well, it you contextualizes know? it. Yeah, like if you just heard like the, um, or like uh, recent example, uh, Sturgill Simpson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that album, he's he's gone huge. NPR and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you'd never heard him, you would be like, what? Where the hell is this coming from? Yeah. But if you heard anything else he he's done yeah. that wasn't as big, including his last album, right? Y- you understand that like this is just who he is, and it in this case it just happens to be a uniquely uh, it, it's a set of songs that just hit on something. right yeah. right right yeah. time right thing. But it's not really any different than anything he's done. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you just hearing, got it right. That and you're talking about it. And he's yeah. like, this is an album about love, like every other goddamn album. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you know, and and I, I I'm not sure. A lot of I know a lot of the record buying public doesn't 
grasp that and and i wonder like how many musicians grasp that yeah well we're we're definitely in like a singles driven time again Mm -hmm. um and it's just you know i mean that's great i love singles i i love collecting 45s and seven inches um you know but there's something about making a bigger piece of work that's interesting to me Mm -hmm. and that's what we were attempting to do with this album was make an album like not just a collection of songs but make it you know sonically an album yeah um and maybe we won't do that again maybe we will i don't know like, but that's what we were at at this point but yeah. you know that's yeah most people are making let's see if we can write a bunch of hits and then stick them out there and it's just one people can pick and choose now and i think more people are, are digesting music and art that way yeah you know? it's also like uh and this is good and bad i think barrier to entry and cost of of doing this yeah has come down yeah um so yeah. If uh, and, and by the way, I think you guys did actually make an album. Like, oh, yeah. like it, it does, which is is rare because people try to do that. And then yeah, you're like, and I don't know that there's anything wrong with. It. I'm just that's what we were trying to do. No, no, no. It, and it just doesn't feel like most people are doing that at this. No, moment. because well, I, I would you argue know? maybe mo- a lot of people like can't <laughs> because they bury the yeah. entry. And, uh, that's how and we came that, about. That's also, you know? nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, you know, uh, there is always going to be the simple fact that anybody, like good or bad, I think. Is willing to sit down, take the time, and make music. Yeah, that's that's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's a, like, I mean, yeah, it's it's a, it's a. Somebody made a comment the other day on on Facebook that was follow, um Their son or daughter went to a preschool for the first time, or like a babysitting mm-hmm. thing for the first time, and uh, they came and picked him up, and they're like, "Yeah, he uh, he tried to paint, but he wouldn't work, or like something about yeah." The kid tried to make fingerprints on, on a paper or something. Or draw or something. I mean, this is like a one-year-old or something. Yeah. And and they the teacher said, oh, it didn't work. Like the, he did, he couldn't do it. I'm like, you can't fail to make art. Like, yeah. You can fail <laughs> and make art, but you can't fail to make art. Yeah. You know, like it's, like it's a it, number one. It's also a child. But you know, but you know, if you if you record anything, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 you know. May not be great. It may not be good at all. But yeah. it's you created something. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's, you, you created there's something. The, it's should be appreciated for for at least that for an idea that somebody mm-hmm. thought out and tried to do. Yeah, and I think more and more people are starting to realize that. Yeah, and, and I think um, I I think there is uh, like a lot of times I sound like I'm getting down on like the the small <laughs> easy, I'm really right. not. Uh, but I think there there is a lot of like uh, perspective that needs to be like gained sometimes. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, the fact that they're doing that is like it, it, you see a, a kid who's sitting like on a laptop and you know 20 years ago it was not possible no yeah and so you're thinking 20 years ago well i have to get this guitar i have to do and i have yeah. i have to do all this yeah and it was so much harder to make the jump now some kid opens up garage band right and it's just like boom yeah all the things we had to buy separately to make those sounds are now free on a laptop yeah but you know and, and part of me goes you know you you just do what you have you, you use the tools you're available mm-hmm. to you I mean, you know, all of us can speak to being younger and before the internet was yeah. what it was and having, like you said, having to go out and buy, like if you wanted to be in a rock band, you had to go out and buy all these things. Yeah. Um, but I still remember being younger and, and just going, well, I have a guitar and I have this weird boom box yeah. and I'm going to figure it out. I didn't yeah. know what a four track was and I was trying to record over top of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, I'm not saying, uh, I mean, it's great the kids have these tools today, and I'm not I'm not jealous of, of no, the situation. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, but um, there'll be 
tools in the future that are greater than this probably. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, I, I hate when I hear people just complain that, oh, we didn't have that and look what we were able to do. Mm. It's like, well, this is what they have now. Like, let's see what they can do with it. Yeah. Who cares? You know, like that's what they are given. That's great. Yeah. What, what yeah. can they do with it though? Exactly. Well, I think what, people are you know, complaining are sometimes because of, of what comes out. Not, yeah. not that they can do that. I think what comes out, but that's also like, well, you're just th- hearing these, more these are the of the tools. crap. <laughs> well, you know, that too. It's like, you know, when we were making stuff back then, you had to like put it on a tape uh-huh. and then give it to somebody and hopefully they listened to it. Still haven't figured they out still had the to put track. the tape in uh, something and push play. Yeah. You know, now it's like you're online already and it's sitting right next to you mm-hmm. and it's already automatically playing half the time. So you're accidentally hearing stuff yeah. all the time by people that if we were, it were done 15 years ago would have to go through that whole process of handing somebody something, just one person. Yeah. And and then that person having to do something more than just taking the tape in their hand, you know? So given that, uh, if you're talking about sort of the, uh, the signal to noise ratio there mm-hmm. with the hoax hunters record, like what, I mean, this is a part of being a band, like marketing, like how, how are you seeing getting it out there? Are you just sort of like, well, we're going to do it and see what happens. <laughs> uh, no, we're, uh, it's a little bit of that and a little bit of, um, uh, Chris at negative funds doing a great job. Uh-huh. Uh, we're getting ready to do press. This is the, one of the first things we're doing. Cool. Um, so we have, um, a PR company behind it oh, yeah. and they'll be pushing oh. it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of experimenting with how can we, promote it without going on tour for a month you know mm-hmm. um obviously it's not going to reach as many people because when you go out and tour then it presents more opportunities for people to hear your music but also more opportunities for press and just your name getting out there yeah. in all the weeklies and stuff that definitely helps but it doesn't i don't know so we're, we're taking an adventure and seeing what we can do without playing uh you know 30 shows in a row yeah i mean do you have like any like concrete expectations for it or is it just like Not really. I we mean, made it we're proud of it and like, yeah let's go. let's go yeah yeah i mean hopefully we'll sell the vinyl out and we'll think about doing it again um, I'm already working on the next record, so oh. we'll see what happens you know yeah. like i don't I'm not going to wait around if we're, if we're not playing shows, I'm not going to wait around, yeah, for people to catch up on the first one I'm going to just start working on the next one yeah and and that's actually another important thing is that uh two years, three years between records, you know unless yeah. you spend part of that in a hospital <laughs> right. that's uh, nowadays is almost like unacceptable. There's yeah. You know, if I yeah. mean there's, there's people who aren't as prolific or not mm-hmm. or whatnot, but um, you know I think it ties back into not being afraid to sort of let people see that the journey that you're doing and stuff. Yeah, be yeah. like you know what maybe the next one is it's not going to be the biggest motherfucker of an album, <laughs> right. you know. But you know I'm doing it and and staying out there uh, and saying to people you know we're actually artists and we're actually we're making music. We're, yeah, we're making you know, music. You're welcome to check it, check it out. You know, if you don't, whatever. You know, hopefully people will check it out. I mean, like I said, now, uh, last time I put out a record was like 2006 mm-hmm. with a different band. And um, when we put it out, we put it out on CD. It was the first, like, month that CDs just took a big dump. <laughs> it was like, yes, <laughs> so it was, right. it was your fault. Yeah. It's no. like, wow. All right. They heard that and they're like, format's dead. Yep. Jeez, man, <laughs> this is it. This is the one. Put it over the edge. Um, no, it was an instrumental band too. So um, we we played CMJ. We were supposed to go to South by Southwest, and that fell through. We were going to go to um, Pop Montreal. We had all these things that we were going to do, and some of them happened, some of them didn't. But it, it was just funny how quickly things just fe- like fell apart around that time. 
um, like 2000s were rough, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, the music industry obviously was having its problems, but um, tied in with all the other stuff that was going on, obviously it, it took it took it with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're seeing that, I think it's just the best time now, like to be able to do whatever you want and put it out there and pretty much be in the same spot as any big artist. I mean, without the promotion and the money behind it, but you could put out music and it'd be right next to somebody else's music on yep. iTunes. Whereas before you do all this other stuff and you have to have a ton of money and now you can just do it. And if people, you can check it out. Yeah. Online. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's fine. That's, but we had to go it's through like Louis you know, thing. It's like, it's fucking magic. Right. <laughs> but like we had to go through like 10 years of just crap to yeah. get to here. And you know, like, so we, my last big band was in the middle of all that and it really burned me out. Uh-huh. And so I just kind of stopped playing and stopped making music um, because that was part of it. It's just like, I'm so tired of fighting all this stuff. And now, now I don't feel like I'm fighting anything. Yeah. It could be just where I'm at in life too. Sure. But I think that it's just a, the things that are available to make it easier. I mean, I, I feel like during that time, um, uh, we're, we're going to be doing a uh, podcast on piracy, which you're welcome to come up and, oh, and cool. do it. Then. But, yeah. you know, obviously it's bad, but it's, I don't think it's, all bad per se yeah because a lot of what the not anymore i think but a lot of initially what took the hit was that yeah yeah. um but the end result of that is that it greatly increased a lot of people's vocabularies right yeah and which i think is important it is important and there was no support system anywhere you know as as radio stations as everything shrunk back to like uh, a very singular format, yeah, more reasonable level. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, here was this thing you could go on a site, and you can get any fucking thing you want. Yeah, you know. And yeah. so, it was handing around mixtapes, but like on a on a global scale. Yeah. Um, and and I think we've come out of that. I mean, I think yeah, numbers yeah. bear out now that like it's evened out. It does. We got a little bit of the last stuff that was you know a little bit of the last system that is is now kind of back uh, and we feel like i feel like we have more of a structure to things now and we're still fighting uh obviously internet neutrality and all those things that are happening yeah that'll probably have some impact on how oh, yeah. we do things the, the t-mobile thing yeah and like it's, youtube is is cracking down on like indie labels and stuff i, don't, I haven't read it's just it's just it's, come it's, out. it's basically they're not going you're it, there's been a lot blown up about it um, yeah it's you're just not going to be on their streaming service if you don't sign a contract. You're not getting kicked yeah. off YouTube. Yeah, it's just so it's a hyperbolic headline that people are like, yeah. "Fuck yeah, yeah. and it's like, "No, it's, it's really not, not. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not. I mean, it's just going to push the, the the people who are paying for it a little higher. Yeah, and the people who aren't a little lower. Yeah, which is, I mean, I guess that's kind of fair, you know. But it's also kind of like, well, we were we had a good thing going here. Yeah, but I guess you have to make money somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how it, I feel it, about it like, yet. Like I said, it, it's going to be a whole other podcast because I mean, it could be like yeah. a, it could be like a three two, hour, th- yeah, yeah a three hour discussion <laughs> uh, because it is you take that and like the like I was saying the T Mobile thing uh, as a consumer you hear it and you're like wait streaming music is free on my data plan yeah as uh, an artist or uh, a content provider. It's horrific, yeah. Because then they can just shut you out, yeah. And so, if Negative Fun is not playing with any of these services, right? Like nobody's going to hear anything from Negative Fun on these devices, yeah. But I mean, you know, then you, I just feel like you know, art and punk rock and whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, it's. I mean, 
the stuff that I like will always be around. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's you know one thing or another. It's just the 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 idea of somebody who wants to get heard and is fighting against these mm-hmm. things will get heard, and it it won't be on T-Mobile. It'll be somewhere else. Yeah. And I, who cares? You know. I, I you know I, I sort of agree. Yeah. It's like all right, you want to play that way? You're just gonna you know you're gonna have all the well, the big names everywhere, and that's great. We're gonna be over here, you know, with something that's probably because it, better. Because yeah, because it's also just. It's just a human thing yeah. to be able to create art, yeah. to create music and stuff. There's nothing yeah. that can stop that. No. And whenever so, people – that's one of the things that gets me the most angry is when someone tells me I can't make art or won't – you know, like mm-hmm. tries to stop me from doing something like that. It's like, well, why, why would you want to silence somebody? You don't have to listen to it. Yeah. I don't care if you hear me or not. <laughs> yeah. But you, but you can't stop me from doing it. Right. Like that's just ridiculous. And, yeah. You know, it's happened you know off and on throughout my life, but – um, that's just, I mean, and so like, I don't see that as, I don't see T-Mobile or mm-hmm. YouTube or all those things. I don't see that as, is them saying you can't do it. You can't participate. I just, it's, I see it as like, you don't have enough money to be on this level. And I'm like, whatever. The, ar- the argument know? I think there is that, uh, it's people saying, uh, upset because they might not be able to make a, a living. Yeah. Not, not yeah. make the living they're doing art, which is understandable, yeah. but yeah. Call it what it is, yeah, and be like, you, you know, like you said, you can still create, you can still do all this. You'll just have to find a different. Your way. expectations might have been too high for getting into this year yeah. music, music biz. Well, I mean, that's why. I mean, I have no. Um, I, I took the road of I'm going to have a full time job so I can do this stuff because mm-hmm. I also want to have a wife and food on the plate and, yeah, a, yeah. and a house to live in and a car. Like, I don't want to live in, in a you know community house. Yeah. Or a punk house or whatever. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like yeah. I want to. I want to be like a clean human being that lives in a house with one other person. No, your record sales just shot to the bottom, man. I mean, <laughs> no, so no. whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like I've made my choices. You know, yeah. uh, and I, you know, I just I've done some of those things before, and it's fine. But I'm just at the point where I'm like, I've been trying to keep a full time job for the last you know ten years, mm-hmm. so I can do these things. Yeah, that's w- what I've chosen to do. You know. So another thing you do and um, yeah. is photography. Yep. So, uh, you did you get into that before bands, or did you get into that because uh, of bands? Yeah, because of bands. Because I, I I was always into music. I I realized later uh, around college that I've been into music as a kid and mm-hmm. things that more more deeply than I realized at, as a kid. Uh, but so. I was in middle school band and, and high school band and marching band and choir pit band. Like anything I could play music, I would be into um, and theater and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then around, I don't know, sometime in high school, I, I bought a guitar because I wanted to play guitar and taught myself how to play guitar. And like no one would play with me because I was too fast and too weird, <laughs> you know, and like everybody wanted to be Chili Peppers or whatever yeah. at the time. And I wanted to do other things. I didn't know who black flag was at the time. Right. You know, I didn't know those things. I just I, later, especially I, not in Lynchburg. Right. Yeah. <laughs> growing up Lynchburg and without the internet, what it is today, uh-huh. just had, hadn't discovered those things yet. Um, so eventually I joined, um, I tried out my senior year. There was a, um, a play, uh, based on the who concert where people got trampled to death uh-huh. called ashes to ashes. Maybe I get that wrong. Um, so, we the person who was doing the the play at my school was a guest director from a college and they re, redesigned the play mm-hmm. 
Um, so it had like these projection screens instead of sets and like different platforms and stuff. It was very bare bones. Uh, but they had a live band on stage mm -hmm. and uh, new music that was written for it. And they needed another guitar player. So um, we had tryouts and all the Chili Peppers dudes didn't make it. And me, the weird dude that played too fast or whatever, it was in the Smashing Pumpkins and other yeah, things. Yeah. Yes, we're going to take you. So uh, that was my first like band experience mm -hmm. outside of like those other things. Um, so I ended up being in a band with that guy later. Um, my first big band in Lynchburg. Oh, nice. Um, we played a lot of shows at like Spanky's, if you remember Spanky's. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Interesting story. Spanky once threw a plate in my head. The actual Spanky. Oh, but yeah. Well, oh. Off mic. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> I got stories about Spanky's. Um, so Spanky's was a... a what was the other restaurant? McAdoo's. McAdoo's. So his like it was his cousin or brother, brother or something. So they had another restaurant called Spanky's, and the big one was in Lynchburg. They had another mm -hmm. one somewhere else. It was like three or four levels. Mm -hmm. It evolved over time. It had, it had an ice cream parlor. It had a bar. Downstairs was a comedy club. Upstairs was other bar. Mm -hmm. Above that was many different things. At the time, I think it was laser tag. <laughs> that it was like a antique mall, and then it was. I mean, this is ridiculous as yeah, it sounds. Yeah. Um, and there's, it was one of those restaurants where everything's on the wall, you know, but like, like plates and, uh, masks. Oh, I, and, I, I do. I worked at McAdoo's all through college. Right. So I, I know all about this. Yeah. So Spanky's, but Spanky's for people who are listening, like it wasn't just like a few things. It was mm -hmm. like every inch of the walls were covered. There was a department. Uh, there's a creative team. Yeah. Just to make just that for shit. that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was based in Roanoke. Yeah. Like so it was downstairs great. under the kitchen in Roanoke. Like, yeah. They made all that shit. So Spanky's. I don't know. It had a, had a highlight in the '90s, mm -hmm. and then it, by the time we got there to play shows, it was run down. Yeah, and like people didn't. It was part of the town that people just didn't want to go down to. It was suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, it was trying to go through revivals and never happened. So we would play punk rock shows in the basement, which used to be a comedy club. There's like comedy posters on the wall, like for these '80s movies and stuff. Um, so anyway, that's where I cut my teeth. Yeah, so playing punk rock shows at this uh, old comedy club in a basement of a restaurant bar ice mm -hmm. cream parlor laser tag dome place <laughs> <laughs> um it's called thunderdome thunderdome it was it was crazy so um people weren't taking photos of us uh and people weren't recording us and people weren't doing the door so we had to do all of that we, yeah. we eventually figured it out somebody would do the door somebody would run sound we had we had to bring the pa and we had to rent the pa bring it in pay for it ahead of time like we had a system it was before we before I even know you could do this stuff is how we were figuring it out. Yeah. Some of these other guys knew some stuff. So we would bring all the bands in and the PA and set it up and mm -hmm. somebody would do everything. Well, people weren't really – everybody had to chip in somehow. And eventually I just – no one was taking their photos or they were just like crappy photos, red eyes yeah, you know, yeah, from yeah. way far away. Yeah. So I just kind of started taking photos sometime around then and got interested as that was my part of the job of the punk rock scene was to start taking photos. Yeah. And – um among other things that we were doing. And I just kind of got better at it. Yeah. And I remember we got banned from that place one summer because of me. And I can tell you later why. <laughs> it wasn't anything bad. It was just like they were treating us bad. And like yeah. I had said something. Uh, basically, I sent an email out to everyone in the scene that I knew and didn't know yeah. and told them how crappy it was and we should stop playing there. And everyone revolted on me. Oh. Instead of being like, you're right, let's go somewhere else. They were like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, but... Anyway, the place was terrible at that point. No more mac and cheese for you. Like you said, you got a plate thrown at your head. Uh, yeah. Um, so we ended up playing other places. We had played a tattoo parlor, and um, we had two nights, and one band was – the uh, our friend's band, Seven Hearts, 
I did a lot of shows mm-hmm. shows with. They were playing and they were just wild and crazy. They were get, they were in a period where they were just constantly like just like a drunk or something. <laughs> uh, but it would like strip down their, their underwear and like roll around and stuff. <laughs> so it was like gravel lot and the guy's like oh. in his like underwear rolling around on the ground and he fell over and I just like took a picture of that moment where he fell over and like his stuff was all over the place, guitar and all that. And I'm um, rolling in the gravel, and I took a picture of that, and I remember this clearly. And people are like, "Dope, what are you doing? You're gonna you're gonna get in the way. You're gonna hurt him or something." I'm like, mm-hmm. no, like I'm taking a picture of this. This is awesome. Yeah. But I remember people saying not not to do it. Like, yeah. why are you doing? it? I'm like, because this is awesome. This like, is, this is I want to tell people. I wanted to show people that. Yeah. And so that moment is very clear in my head as to why I kept doing it. Yeah. Like once I started, like, it wasn't a very good photo, but it was a moment. Like I, that moment was like, yes, this is what we're doing. So. I had my mom's like, uh, like point and shoot camera mm-hmm. or something. I was using whatever I could get. I went to Macrock and took point and shoot photos of bands yeah. and stuff. And eventually, I bought. I just saved up money and bought a, a SLR film camera, yeah. and I was shooting bands. But no, then, um, sorry, it's a long story, I guess. No, that's but, fine. Uh, so, you know, that band had broken up, and I was in a few other bands. Nothing was really working, and the photo thing was kind of evolving mm-hmm. at the same time. And I kind of started my own band, um, A New Dawn Fades, and I was taking photos with the film SLR camera. Um, but no one was really using um, the photos. Like I yeah. would give them the bands to use or try to trade shows and just do like, yeah. mostly friends' bands and bands we were playing with. Uh, but no one was really using the photos. Like it, it's also wasn't. It was before Facebook and MySpace, so it was like by then you you would use them. But I they were also film. They weren't digital, so sure. it was a little hard to get people to use the stuff and magazines and newspapers and zines and stuff weren't really using them. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. I, um, I got a job at Ritz camera to to learn more about how to do processing and stuff. I had no idea. I just taught myself all this stuff Mm -hmm. and I printed my own photos there. And then I bought really cheap frames at, uh, on sale somewhere at a craft store and red, red mats, Mm -hmm. black and white photos with, with red mats. Um, and I just put the show together, like 30 photos, and I booked a show in Lynchburg, in Richmond, and uh, like photo shows. And I would just, I wouldn't sell them because I needed them for the next show. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent enough money to make the photo show, but I, didn't, I couldn't make any more money because I didn't have. So I printed I mean, some extra. Did you get offers? I had some prints. I had extra prints, but no one was really buying them anyway. So it was yeah. fine, but I couldn't sell them off the wall because I had to move them to the next. Yeah. So I booked, uh, it was like, I didn't know how to be a photographer so i just did like a band i would um um i just booked my own photo shows yeah. at places they would have shows like uh, uh like a cafe or a yeah, record yeah, yeah. store yeah. or um so i did these for three years i i hmm. did three different shows and i did like five um different places for each show or mm-hmm. something i had one in dc had one a couple in virginia beach in norfolk a couple in richmond uh lynchburg harrisonburg i tried to do charlottesville some other places but so i would travel it'd be like the first of the month we'd set up the show i'd travel i'd try to play a show if i could i'd set up the photo show then i'd come back in 20 or 30 days take it down and then drive it to the next city and set it up somewhere else do my own promotion and stuff and it slowly started catching on i was like oh that's the guy with no one knew my name right just the guys or half the bands but there's a guy that does black and white photos with a red mat who is that guy yeah like so i just made my own uh circuit yeah. until people started taking notice so i did that for three years yeah because no one would use it i was like if you're not going to use it i'm going to find a way like we were talking about yeah. before no one's going to stop me from doing that right so i did it 
I just I didn't have yeah. any money at the time. I just did it. Yeah. Um, but what really set me over the edge was um, I was still playing in a band and was still doing shows. Um, and we were getting to the point where we made the album and it mm-hmm. just burned out on that stuff. So that band was supposed to play a little tour, like three or four or five days. And it just kept falling through. Everything just kept falling apart. So we played one show. and I drove from Richmond to North Carolina to play a show. Mm-hmm. Show went okay. Um, I drank like five cups of coffee. And I canceled the rest of the, the crappy shows that fell through. I just canceled the rest. And yeah. I, I gave my gear to my drummer and I said, I'm going to take off. And I booked um, – I saw the, some bands that I knew were traveling around Florida at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, can I get photo passes to these shows, you know? And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, come on down. We'll take care of you, whatever. You know, you can get in the shows. Yeah. Uh, so Q Night, you were opening for Interpol. Oh. Uh, Desarc was down there and some other bands. So I was like, I'm just going to go. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how this is going to happen. I'm just going to get – I bought uh, raisins and bagels and water and put them in my car, mm-hmm. brought a sleeping bag and yeah. a pillow, and I had like $100 or something <laughs> in my checking account and a camera and some film. And a few days off. That's all. I, it, yeah. I, it was either going to make it or I was going to have to beg to, for money to come back. Right. I didn't know how it was going to play out. So I drove to Chapel Hill, I think, played that show, drank like five cups of coffee. and drove, So from Richmond to Charlottesville, uh, Chapel Hill, and then drove from there to the Florida state line. Fuck. Slept in my car for a couple hours and then drove to Fort Lauderdale. Got up. <laughs> yeah. So I drove all that way. Drove. Making me uncomfortable, man. Yeah. So with like two hours of sleep, I got up in Fort Lauderdale and um, I didn't know where the, I, it was before we had cell phones that could do all this stuff, you know, yeah. like it was like Nokia phone or something. It was like 2004 or something, five, I don't yeah, remember, yeah. Um, 10 years ago. Yeah, it would be, should I even know if I had, so, yeah. So Whenever Q Nut U was touring with Interpol, I don't remember yeah. what year that was. Um, so... I drove all the way to Fort Lauderdale, slept in my car like two hours, got up, found the venue, parked it in the shade and tried to sleep, couldn't sleep, went over to the venue and I'd say, hey, I'm here. I had never done this before. I'd mm-hmm. never shot a band at a real big venue. It was always punk shows at yeah. uh, punk venues where you, anything, you can just bring a camera, didn't matter, $5 at the door, cash, whatever. So I've never, I'd never been to a show with a ticket to take photos with a photo pass yeah. at this time. So I got up to the to the door and I was like, "Hey, I'm with Q Not You. Um, where's the photo pass?" And they're like, well, "We don't. They're not here. We don't know what you're talking Welcome about." Welcome to concert photography. <laughs> right? We don't know what you're talking about, right? So I was like, "But you don't understand. I drove from Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> this is Fort Lauderdale. Um, I'm supposed to have." They're like, "Yeah, well, they're not here. We don't know. You're just gonna have to wait." It's like, damn. So people started to go in and they got there late, I guess, mm-hmm. and they figured it out. They let me in or whatever. But it was just like that moment of like. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. <laughs> so I shot that show. It was great. I I slept in my car again in front of like a Publix mm-hmm. uh, food store and then drove across to Everglades the next morning. I drove all the way up to uh, St. Uh, Petersburg. Did it again. Mm-hmm. Shot a, a, I guess it was 2003 or four because it was a, a one year anniversary of the Iraq war protest. Okay. So I shot that protest. Nice. Then I shot Interpol and Q-Net U, then I drove to Orlando Jeez. after the show and slept at a friend's house from a, like, pre- a previous tour that I met. And then after that, I got up the next morning and drove to Savannah, saw Desarc and Del Cielo play a house show, um, and then I slept there. They actually fed me. So I was eating 
like whatever was in my car mm-hmm. this whole time and sleep like I had five hours of sleep. I was just destroyed. So I got to Savannah, had I actually slept for a while. Uh he they fed me. The show was great. I got some awesome photos of Desark playing this house show. And then I had to be at work the next day <laughs> in Richmond. <laughs> so I drove, I woke up the next morning, I called them, I'm like, I'm gonna be a little late. They're like, Why? I'm like, because I'm in Georgia. <laughs> so thankfully no my I had no car problems to this point. Yeah. You know, flat tires, no gas issues, nothing. So um I eventually made it back to my apartment, showered and got to work an hour late. I worked a full shift at uh, at the bookstore uh, at the third shift and then finally went to bed. And that's when I decided I was going to do this. Yeah. Like that was the moment of like, okay, I can do this now. Like those I I did it. Well, like I thought I got the bug when I started shooting shows and like I, I got nothing on that. It's <laughs> fucking But I mean that's just like that's how I worked at the time. Yeah. This is like um you know, when people said I couldn't do it or wouldn't do it or wouldn't help me out, I'm like, well, I'm just going to prove you wrong. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And I just did it. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was proving it to me. Like I needed to do it for me. I needed to grow. I needed to learn something. I needed to prove to myself that I could do something mm-hmm. and I did it. I didn't kill myself, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, that, that's also why I don't want to tour for three weeks <laughs> right now. Cause yeah. I, I've done crazy stuff. I, done I've, I, I feel like I don't need to do that anymore. So now, like, I guess this, this would be like almost 10 years that you've been doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Since that moment. Yeah. What is your favorite part now about shooting shows and how many shows are you shooting now? Uh, it's kind of backed off in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I was going pretty strong there for a while. I like I quit playing music and mm-hmm. I was doing photos thing, and that started finally working. I'd done some stuff with Paste and some other magazines yeah. and stuff, and bands were starting to use my photos. Yep. And my my work was getting better. It, at the time, it wasn't you know the best quality yet. Uh, my I had uh, my camera gear was stolen. Yeah. Uh, for so I had to go buy new gear before. It was stolen like two days or a day before I had to go shoot um, fiery furnaces. Okay, uh, and it was the first one of the f- early times when I was starting to like interview bands and try to photograph them and, mm-hmm. and do like a show review. I didn't, I'm not an interviewer. I right. decided that right, <laughs> I tried right, it. Right. It's not for me. Uh, it's fun. I just I'm not. I, I'm not either. But <laughs> we're doing, <laughs> we're doing a good job. So um, so it's that same line where it's like. I wanted to take photos. So I found out by doing it that in order to take photos, a lot of times you had to have word content, either an interview or review or some mm-hmm. some sort of thing. Absolutely. You can't just go shoot a band and get the photos. You can't. You, no. you can't do it. It, it just, Especially every year it gets harder to do it because there's more competition. There's more content. More competition, more content. It is about um, in, unless you, you were hired by the band or unless you are like a super high-profile photographer. Right, yeah. Like – it's the first three it's songs. It's just not going to, you know, especially now with, uh, which I want to talk about in a, in a minute, with stuff even like iPhone cameras. Yeah. Yeah. The shit that they pack into those. Yeah. Um, being, uh, but yeah, so you're, you're doing fiery furnaces and like. Yeah. Yeah. So that. I had to get the, cam- I had to buy a new camera on the spot for that. So, but I was figuring this out. So I interviewed fiery furnaces to do that show. And then before, I think the first interview I did, because I wanted to photograph Henry Rollins. Yeah. He's one of my heroes. Wanted to photograph him, and he was doing spoken word stuff. Yeah. And you really can't photograph him when he's doing spoken word. It's just too distracting. Yeah. But I didn't know that at the time, so I was going to try to do it. Um, so I, just like the examples before, I got myself into something I didn't know, and I was just going to go for it. So um, 
somehow I arranged to interview Henry Rollins with no place <laughs> to put the interview. Like no, I had, I, <laughs> that's. Yeah. It was balls, right? So, yeah, like, yeah dude, that's. I'm gonna do this. It's like I'll figure this out later, but right, right now I got this. They don't know this, <laughs> so I so I got the interview. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit! Now I have to find a place. So I I I had um, quit my job and was about to start a new job, so I didn't have any money for gas again. So I was riding my bike around town trying to get this interview in a magazine, and they had already one magazine was like, that's great, but we already are doing something with him. We can't mm-hmm. use it went to somewhere else they were like nah so i eventually got a place that posted online mm-hmm. eventually so uh i never really interviewed anybody before and the first one's gonna be henry rollins right? yeah. i'm like okay this is gonna be great what yeah. am I? just so i could photograph him so um i set everything up at my friend's house phone and uh, some digital recorders and stuff uh and when you call oh it was a phoner Fuck. yeah it's a phone Fuck that. yeah so <laughs> when you call people a lot of times you call them and then you go Hey, you know, this is it. They're like, okay, yeah, we're going to put you through in just a second or put you on hold or, mm-hmm. you know, you talk to somebody else, yeah. right? So I call them at the specific time I'm supposed to call them, right? And it goes like this, you know, dial the number and it's like, Henry. <laughs> like half a ring. <laughs> Henry. And I'm just like, Phew. yeah, because then you're like, what am I going to say now? Especially shit like that. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely like, you got to figure out how to squash the like, Holy shit! I'm talking to one of my heroes. Yeah, so said, because and it's yeah. hard, but like I should have started a little lower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. So the interview wasn't very good. I did all my questions, and I, you know, is were, it still up now? No, thank oh. God. Oh come on! No, it was bad. Send it to me. I'll post it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you would. Um, no, it was bad. It's just baiting him with answers I already knew. Mm-hmm. It was just dumb. Like, I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. It was embarrassing. But I did it. You know, yeah. I had to learn, and I did it. And it's okay to fail, and you. You just move on. Phoners are, are weird. Like, I try not to do them. And one reason, like, we're doing like this. Yeah. Because you don't you have any – you don't have any a concept of the person as a person. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you can't get it in 15 minutes in talking to them. Never mind yeah. that. But you certainly can't get it if you didn't have it before. Right. Like, if I knew somebody now, I, I would be like maybe – yeah, okay, we'll do a phone and I'll just knock this out. But but not knowing somebody, it's like, and we did quite a few, but it was, some of them were okay. Yeah. I think like uh, uh, Jesse from uh, Other Lives and like Amber from Hospitality. Yeah. Then they, they're just like cool people and they can, yeah. they can handle stuff. Some of them were just like a wreck. Yeah. Well, it's hard. It's nervous. I mean, he's such a pro. Like, I would ask uh-huh. a dumb question, and he would go on a tangent and tell you a story. Yeah. Like, he made it easy on me, but yep. I, it was just bad. <laughs> but I learned a lot. And, like, I was just trying to find ways to, to be able to photograph people mm-hmm. and bands. Um, and that was just one one thing I tried. But now, most of the time, I either get hired by a band or yeah. I'm working with a writer yeah. um, to do something. Or I'm doing a photo essay. Or I just do it on my own. Like, yeah. I contact people. And say, I want to do this. Is it cool if we do this? And mo- thankfully, at this point, and I'm not reaching for the stars or anything. Right, right, right. Um, I'm getting the stuff that I want to get. You know, yeah. but I'm work. I like working with bands directly. I like working with labels yeah. directly, and sometimes magazines and stuff. Mm-hmm. But most of the work that I do now is for somebody, and then they get it gets used somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Which is- um, but it's cool. It's fun, and like. You know, I'm just um, – in the last year or two, I've just been backing off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it for so I had long. to make an album, yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to make music again. And um, so, yeah, now I'm trying to do two things at once. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But you know, like I keep a full time job, so I don't have to worry about it. I can say no. I can just go on my whim. If something doesn't happen, I'm not trying to find food. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't shut anything for a year now. Like we we're talking, like my gear got stolen. Yeah. As well, it sucks. It's heartbreaking because once it's, you, it sucks. Once you, I think once you get the bug for that. Yeah. And that's actually when. Uh, the first one I shot was actually Newport Folk Festival. Yeah, so that's I, a good I don't one. even know how the fuck that happened, but it did. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of a sudden you're like, "Well, it's now surprising. I have to." Do so. I didn't even have a camera. Isn't it surprising what you can get into if you it just was, ask? Well, and sometimes you ask and you're like, "I can't believe I didn't get that one." And then Newport happens. I'm, I'm honestly consistently surprised by that because, yeah. like, yeah, I built an outlet, uh, yeah. a publishing, but that's that's what that's what the site is. So if people want to come in, right, and like do this and now I can like just work yeah. three, four years down the road. I can actually help them. And like, I know my way around it, but I certainly didn't what we were doing, but that was at the start. And it was literally a, like the first one I shot with a point and shoot was civil wars mm-hmm. before they blew up. And there was a, I sent an email to uh, their manager, which is just as a joke. I was like, yeah. let's see what we can do. And yeah. then, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there like literally on the toilet reading an iPad, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a pretty picture, but, uh, this email comes through. I'm like, what the, Oh shit. Are you but, superstitious at all? Like, do you go back to that toilet with your iPad? And no, went, no, no, no. There, there's a special, <laughs> I'm a little bit, not a lot. I know. There's, spe- there's a special table at, at a Chipotle that I <laughs> consistently get emails. Like, I'm like, oh, this sucks. Nothing's happening for me. And then I go, get lunch or something and like it's happened a couple times at this particular table yeah. wow. so sometimes when i'm really down i just go to this i'm like i'm gonna get a burrito i'm gonna sit at that table and if someone's sitting at the table i get more depressed <laughs> well i mean <laughs> the evil's not gonna happen because they're eating at that table i mean it would, so be, it would be really awkward because somebody else lives in that apartment now so <laughs> excuse me i'm gonna have to i'm gonna I have to waiting go. from oats right like come on but uh no <laughs> i mean uh yeah, so but it was just a thing like realizing that was like the magic moment for me is realizing that y- you can do anything. Yeah, it's amazing. You can uh I had as much as you I had think that it's like locked get, out, it's not. You know, and so, so it, yeah, so, so it was like ask Newport and mm-hmm. then it's like if they say no, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. You know, I had that uh actually tweeted something out about that uh after the last season of Louie. Yeah. Which was a I love Louie. And this season was Literally saying, I think to creatives and people like, "Fuck this! You can do anything. Yeah, you can." He edits that you, on a laptop. If you and yeah, he it's edits amazing. Edits on a laptop, shoots it all. Yeah, on things. And narratively speaking, in the middle of a run, you have an hour and a half movie, and you end with yeah. a, with basically like him, like or his character, like naked, getting into a tub yeah. on on television. Like, yeah. That show is brilliant. You can fucking do anything. I love that show. Yeah, it's amazing. But it's it's. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he he's basically like pointing out the fact. You're right. Yeah, it's just like why aren't you doing this? Like, don't be afraid anymore. Just like just go, go out and do it. this. Like yeah. this is where we are right now. Um, so so yeah, it's um, you get that bug and you start to do it, and I think it is a uh, like when I get my gear back, I'm gonna like I'm excited to shoot shows. Yeah, like I get. I, I still don't know why I do it. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, yeah. But that, there's something about walking into question. a pit, yeah. and it's like when you when you catch that one thing. Yeah. Like you said that guy in the gravel. Yeah. You, you you when you catch that. Yeah. It's just like that's what. Uh, I'm like actually, I take that back. I do know a little why. Like, there's a way I experience music, and right. that, and, and there's a way everybody does individually that you simply can't express to people. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's a. I can talk yeah. about it all day long, you know, but it still isn't going to come across. Right. 
that gets it a little closer to being like, okay, that that's what that is. Right, right. And then you, and then you get it out. Uh, most of your stuff is in black and white. Yeah. Is that yeah. a choice? Uh, you know, or necessity. Uh, it was kind of a choice because when I was – I mean the point and shoot stuff. I just did whatever and the throwing mm-hmm. all that stuff. But um, when I was got my SLR and I was I was would run around Richmond just trying different things mm-hmm. and shooting bands. Someone, a friend of mine that I would go shooting with a lot, was like, "Hey, you should try this black and white role." I'm like, "Nah, color." Yeah. And um, she gave me some black and white film, and I'm like, "All right, I'll try it." Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Wow, this is awesome!" And what I found was um, when you're shooting shows. Uh, black and white just translates better. I can get motion better. I can mm-hmm. it isolates the things that I want to isolate and 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 gets to the point. Yeah, uh, there's no hiding things between. You know, right. I love color too, and I've been trying to do more color stuff. But that's what I found to be the best um, way to express myself. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, I mean, well, I, and I'm torn on that because as a uh, and it's a, it's a given that you just know how to edit your photos now and, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. Editing photos, taking photos. I mean, I've worked in like printing for years, so and all that. Uh, I think you do the black and white well. Mm-hmm. I think, though, I mean, when you when you're shooting a show, there's light problems. There's right. all this stuff all that can get yeah. in the way. For me, it's a challenge to try to get that out and to get yeah. if somebody's shooting for me, like yeah. to try to like help yeah. them get that out. It's difficult. So when I see a lot of people go black and white, I'm just like, a lot of oh, that's a cop out. Yeah, like you just like. You blew out the blue, and now I'm just, oh, yeah. but it, it looks good now. Yeah, and like she, Daria, well, she when started doing this, she was like, no, no, don't. It, it's on the web. It's like color. Yeah, and I've been turned down for not having color photos before. Really? Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 a weird thing, but when it works, there's a there's a binary uh, thing trick that works in black and white. Your brain doesn't have to, no, like I said, nothing gets in the way. Yeah. It cuts right to it. You have a black, white. You have these, I wanted to shades. be, I wanted it to be intense. I wanted you, I want you to see the point mm-hmm. of it. I want you to see the emotion of it. I don't want people to be distracted by the things. And like I said, I'm branching out now and doing different things, but that's, that was the point of it. Yeah. And it was like, you know, the colors, you know, like I don't, I I don't edit photos. I barely barely touch things when yeah. I do it. I when I shoot it, it's it's either what I want or I don't want. Mm-hmm. I toss it, but the photo is very close to what you see. Yeah. I, I, obviously, I'm converting it to black and white now. Yeah. Uh, making a few adjustments, but like I'm not like yeah. You see these people and it's like super high contrast or it's like yeah. Um, you know, gritty and like that to me is getting away from photography and more into like a graphic design world it is. or something it and is. it's just a different world some of that stuff is amazing uh, yeah it's, it's no less it, valid it's, i just don't yeah there's a line and i just don't want to cross it ever yeah. i'm way up more on the uh barely touching stuff side yeah um i you know sometimes you have to edit something down and it just the more i edit it the worse it looks all, almost every single it's time it's generally the case uh, you know i think i do a little more editing than a lot of people, yeah. but I, I know people uh, like uh, Joy Seiko up here. Yeah. She, so like, she really is adamant about not, um, not touching it. Yeah, I rarely crop anything either. Like I do do that. Yeah, although I also uh, am more interested in a lot of times in just the strict data collection. Yeah, which yeah. is a different methodology. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just because I know that I can, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. But I also know like my limitations are like, yeah. I, I, I have like a 50 millimeter hat, a 50 millimeter and then the, uh, the Tamron like super lens, the yeah, 18 yeah. to 270. So 
there's only so much you can yeah. do with that, and it's figuring out. Okay, yeah. but I know if I get back here, then I'm going to be able to work with that later. Yeah, um, and I'm not a super gear guy either mm-hmm. with any of this stuff, foot music or foot, like I just use what I have, like mm-hmm. I, what I could afford. And, and sometimes you have to buy something new. But like I haven't had new gear in like a few years. Yeah, which is rare for for, for a photographer. Usually, people are getting new oh, cameras yeah. and stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like my stuff banged up and it's, it's marked up. And, Rebel T2I. Yeah, like I, so I like, just like. You know, you use what, like, I love limitation. Yeah. Because then you have to, like, I want people to see what I think, not what the camera's doing. You know, there's a difference. Um, So when limiting myself to what I have, you have, this is, this is what I, this is my tool. And Mm -hmm. this, what can I make with it? Yeah. That's interesting to me. So what do you think about um, now that, like, uh, cell phones, like we were saying, Mm -hmm. uh, have packing in, you have uh, point and shoot. And then recently, there's going to be a, a flood of like these mirrorless cameras, yeah. Uh, and these aren't necessarily people uh, getting in a pit, yeah. And I think uh, I don't think I know a lot of photographers are threatened by that. Yeah, you know I don't. That's it's a weird world to get into. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you get into it, you realize. I mean, that's why I don't like to go to the really big shows, yeah, because you're fighting thirty photographers to get the same bad photo, yeah. And it's like, why are we doing this? Yeah, I wasted all my all day to wait in line to do this one thing for three songs. Mm-hmm. That just about everybody else has got the same photo. Who cares? Yeah. So I would rather see a future where, I mean, the crowd should do whatever they want. Yeah. Shoot all the cell phone photos you want. I think that only makes it better. Like you're basically informing your friends and family that you like this. Yeah. Maybe you should check it out too. I yep. think that's cool. Um, you know, whatever. It's just how we live now. Yeah. But. As far as like professional stuff, I think they should really limit it. And I think for festivals and maybe it's hard, but like for bands, like it'd be really cool to see bands bring photographers on the road again. Like I know the national does it and some other bands do it. Like, um, civil wars had some great photos uh, that I forget her name. I have a book by her. It's amazing stuff. Yeah. But like, I love that. I would buy a photo book by that person for that one band all day long. I think bands should do more of that. Yeah. And then say no other photos. Cell phones fine. So what? Like, so what does that do though to the to the Ampro? You know, I mean, there's, thing. there's I mean, enough festivals and stuff. I know it's I think it's shoot a, some of those people out. I think it's a little more of a limitation. It's like if you I know? if I know going out that I, I'm I need to figure out a way to get a band to do this. Yeah. That I'm I'm the guy they're hiring. Then yeah. I'm I'm going to work harder and I'm yeah. going to figure out how to make my shit better. But I mean, if if a band has their own photographer or their, then they'll be like. Hey, you want photos from uh, DC? Well, tomorrow you get it from this guy. Yeah, boom, done. And so, like, I mean, yeah, it's going to hurt some people, but I just think the quality would be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it goes back into the artist hand mm-hmm. and to how they want to look and be presented. And I think that's where the fight is right now. Like, people don't yeah. want photos of themselves looking bad, obviously. And, and when you have thirty people making you look bad or worse, um, you know, there's yeah. that. And it, and it is, and this is another three hour podcast actually, yeah. because it is there is the um, a lot of like music photographers take the stance that uh, it's not quite an entitled stance, but leaning towards that, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me sometimes. Yeah, because yeah, you're also creating. Yeah, like you're both creating. And yeah, stuff. exactly. But the thing about it is, it's like you said, the band wants not just once they need the photos to look good. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, I take it, I take that, that is one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. If I don't think somebody looks good in a photo, I will not use it. Yeah. Even if it's 
even if it's the only photo I have, yeah, I'm like, I just can't use it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I've told, uh, I've, I've told magazines that I've worked for. I'm like, I didn't get anything good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, I do have some stuff. I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're never going to see that photo. I might still be in my archive. I right, might have right, deleted right, right, it, right. but you're never going to get it because. A, I don't want bad photos out there right. for my own sake. But more importantly, I don't want to make somebody else look bad. Yeah. That's the number one thing. And I I truly only try to shoot things that I like or mm-hmm. at least, at the very least, uh, if I don't like their music or don't listen to it often or whatever, that I appreciate what they do. Yeah. If someone's working hard and doing something interesting, even if I don't like it, I have a lot of respect for that yeah. and will shoot it. But other than that, I just stay away. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird symbiotic thing. Yeah. That there is no, I mean, it just goes back and forth. And it's yeah. like, you're right, but you're right, but you're right, but right. you're right. But, you're, it's like, but I don't think a lot of people have the same level. They're like, I need to get a photo. That's my job. Yeah. And there's not the same passion. Yeah. There's a lot of people like that out there. Yeah. Unfortunately. And, and it's a job. It's a job that people have, you know. Uh, it, and I don't think they're not having fun. They is. don't enjoy their job. I'm just saying that the they may not have the same passion about it. Coming from like the blog side of things, though, it, it is weird to get in a photo pit with, uh, um, you know, at the 9:30 club, and there's 10 people in there. Yeah, at the 9:30 club. Like, and you learn to do that and yeah. stuff. But like, I've advocated before sometimes, depending on who the band is, mm-hmm. like maybe it should just be like Kyle, right. Yeah, you know Kyle Gustafson. Yeah, maybe it should just be him because right. or Josh Sisk. Yeah, or Josh. Yeah, you know. You know um, There's a few other people I run into up here that are yeah know, awesome. Yeah, and I know now. Uh, I think Bob is getting in the pit, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. and, and it's Bob, like that, Bob takes. You know, he's like a documentarian. You know, he is. He's not. I don't know. I haven't seen many of his recent photos, but it's it's a weird I, thing. I feel like he's getting better at that too. He is getting better at it. Uh, I've talked with people not uh, – this is actually – I haven't said anything about this publicly, but I guess we're doing it now. Yeah. Um, about having a little issue with it because of the people that are working. Yeah, yeah it's true. And how it's going to affect uh, – if if you're a PR company mm-hmm. or you're a band and you're like, we can get five photographers in this pit. And you've already taken one or we, away. Or we yeah. can get Bob. And, uh, and yeah. you've taken one away. Right. And you got Bob in there, and Bob has all the hits. Yep. And why, he, yeah. why do you need – Yeah, exactly. Because his stuff is – it's yeah. getting much better. Yeah. Well, he's gonna. It's gonna get published. It's, and it's gonna be published on a decent on a place, m- massive scale. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely moving in that direction. I don't mm-hmm. know what the answer is. I, no, like I, I said, I love to see. I know some bands like the National and Civil Wars have their own person, and that's what they release. And I think, I think it's great. Yeah. You know, I've been lucky enough to have some bands use my work that I really I couldn't believe asked me. And yeah. that's, I mean, it's amazing. And and maybe they'll never ask me again. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so I know the feeling of that too <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm the person that asked to hire. There's Mm-mm. a million great photographers there out there. Uh, and they're all doing different styles. I think mm-hmm. bands should pick the person they like, their style the best, and um, hire them. Make that part of your team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, that's that seems like a pretty damn good solution. Yeah, I just don't see it happening enough. It's just bizarre to me. I, you get back into the how they're making money and how much budget they have to spend. Yeah. I mean, it does cut into that. Yeah. I think, and you would definitely skew towards the younger uh, crowd of photographers who are, like, willing to drive to Florida. Right. You know, yeah. you know, um, because they have a lot less to lose. But right. then somebody, yeah. like, say, in my position, you know, got a house, yeah. you got this thing, and you're like, eh, maybe don't have, like, Well, also weeks. put it this way, too. 
if I if I were to go to Florida right now and mm-hmm. photograph a band, ten years ago I might make enough to do that. Yeah. Now, yeah. no, not yeah. not no chance in hell would I have enough money to drive down there and do that. Yeah, you know, it'd have to be a really big uh, article on a band in a, in a big magazine to make enough money to do that for one trip. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense nowadays. No. Uh-huh. Um. So we're running up. A little over now, yeah. but that's yeah. cool. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on: uh, every time one of you people come up from Richmond, I, yeah. I have to. Ask, I know you notice this. I have to ask, what the fuck is going on? With I don't Richmond? know, man. Like I, I honestly, I moved to Richmond. I had a choice. I was going to move to Chapel Hill mm-hmm. or uh, you know somewhere else, but I chose Richmond because it was hard to make it there. It was going to really push me to make it. Yeah, it was a hard town. It still is a hard. I town. I lived there for ten years. You know, yeah, I do. It's know. a hard town, and it, it's gotten a lot better. It's crazy. Like we had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, you know, like oh, cool, we have five really good bands, and then everyone's putting records out, and then boom, nothing. <laughs> Everything happens. Yep. Everyone stops, or they move to Brooklyn or Portland or somewhere else. Yeah. And it just dies. Yeah. And there's a few scraps trying to make it, and of course, there's still people that like the metal scene and hardcore scene yeah. does really well still, but. I mean the jazz stuff coming out of here now, oh, the jazz and like the indie stuff, and like, well, like the you, crowds are starting to mesh, which I don't really see. I saw that a lot in Chapel. Like you guys talked about it at the, at the uh, last podcast. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That they they are absolutely right. Our experience or my experience in in the Triangle area, especially Durham, we would play with like a lesbian folk duo, a metal <laughs> band, and like guy with like noise pedals and yeah. then us would be like a weird improv noise yeah. instrumental duo yeah. and everyone would love all of it and they would stick around it doesn't happen like that in richmond but now it's getting it's getting yeah, to yeah. be more like that and it's there's a lot of talent right now it's, there is it's great I mean, it's I crazy mean, you think about like you get people like i've talked to and people i'm going to like just like you and like hoax hunters mm-hmm. and you take like my darling fury yeah. which are fucking insane them other yeah uh, you take and then a band like Abers, who is yeah. about seemingly about to yeah. pop. They came out of nowhere too. Yeah, I, mean, I know who's in it, but it was just like uh, we saw like oh they're announcing their first show, and then like three hundred people came. I'm like, what? Yeah, that was crazy. Some of that's because of who's in it, but that's fine. But but still, like it's just amazing. Oh, Matt White's doing amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those guys. Um, Byron Moe's got a new album out. I'm going to try to talk to them. Uh, yeah, I love those guys. Oh so much. yeah. I can hook you up with those people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, um, but there's, I, I mean, there's several recording studios. There's like five record stores. Uh-huh. Uh, there's, uh, all these breweries opening up. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a neat time to be a small thing. You know, like yeah. we were talking about, it's like a lot of like Regina's lacks, uh, re- reduce its laws on like alcohol and, mm-hmm. and where you can drink at the brewery and stuff. So those, those things are changing a little bit. Cause I think it's, it's really helping in Virginia and I, Richmond's obviously the center of a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're seeing a lot of creativity coming out of there. It's, it's amazing. And a lot of things are reaching farther. It might just be because of how things work now and how stagnant things have been for like a while. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just know like what I hear coming out of it. It's, yeah. it's because it's better. It, I mean, it, it I'm, is I'm not, I'm not like, yeah, like, and and that is completely like subjective, but it yeah. it is, um, like even hoax hunters. The idea living there for ten years, the idea that something that I would even be saying like this <laughs> sounds like it could be a Foo Fighter song, right? That blows my mind. 
That's amazing. Like, because I, <laughs> because when I was there, I mean, I had friends in the in the hardcore scene, friends in the metal scene. Yeah, uh, Cindy, like Randy's uh, wife, was yeah. bartender at Tap House. Yeah, you know. So and and really, like Lamb of God was it. Yeah, yeah. And you could go see a band like Bioritmo. They were sort of the yeah. other end of it. Um, they've been doing it since the nineties too. They've been doing it for a long time, but there was nothing in between, especially right, after the right. flood zone closed. Yeah. Because yeah. once that closed, then you had and Alley Cats, which is also kind of great goddamn shows. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, there, there just wasn't a lot of good stuff to see. Right. Um, it was like people were trying to figure it out and now, you know, a lot of it has to do with WRR, WRR radio station, community so, radio station. It's one of the, it's one of the most amazing things we've had in the city in the last 10 years. Um, that's it's like a low power F- FM station. Really, it's one of the biggest in the country, and their content is all over the board. They have like uh, talk radio in the morning, NPR, and other things. Yeah. Um, and at night they have music, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of people in bands, DJ as well as other people in the community don't play music. But uh, that that station has a lot to do with it. Honestly, they really do, and. Um, um, without that station, I don't think we would have, I don't think things would last as long, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's what Richmond's problem is. We, you know, my friends and I talk a lot about this sort of thing. It, you go to DC, you can go through the music section here and there's a big chunk of classic r- records made mm-hmm. here from diverse genres, yeah. Chapel Hill, other places as, as well. Richmond, you can't really like, we have local sections and you can find stuff in there, but most of it's newer. Yeah. Or it's stuff that just never sold. Yeah. We don't have, we don't, we tend not to celebrate our our music history uh-huh. uh, as well as we need to, and I think some of that's coming back. I know they're reissuing some records and stuff here and there. Yeah, uh, with Guar, you know, the recent things yeah, that happened yeah, yeah. with Guar, I think you'll see some stuff there. Um, well, and and it's it's funny you mentioned Guar because yeah. that's a thing. Is like, oh, you're from Richmond, Guar. Well, not but <laughs> not only that, everywhere. those guys, uh, besides being like great, like yeah. people, like yeah, it, they're it, amazing. It, they're amazing because of how creative they are. Yeah. And so that's always been a part of Richmond. Yeah. And, like, they got uh, attention and brought attention to it almost like a joke. I mean, it was Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that, that that broke that to the greater public. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's, it's always been there. And yeah. it's just seeing it get tapped now is... Right. is is crazy, and it seeing is. people yeah. seeing people like you tap it—that's thing. Bands tapping. I think they're seeing the right. resources that are there. Like we can do this, and we actually maybe couldn't do this somewhere else. Yeah, oh. yeah. I think, and I mean, we're just—I think we're just in a good time right now. I can't wait to see. I know some of the stuff that's coming up, and I'm excited yeah. to see how people react to it. Yeah. Uh, White Laces just went on tour, mm-hmm. um, opening for Kurt Vile, um, and their record's going to come out soon. I know they're announcing something soon. Yeah, um, I actually think I got something from them. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the record sounds great. I can't wait for other people to hear it. Um, I mean, it, it, I'm like one of the few people in town that he like sent it to me. I was like, oh man, yeah. don't do this to me. Um, but you know, it, it, another thing before we end here because I know we're running yeah. late. Um, I know how this is. I don't know how it is in other towns, but there's like two or three practice spaces in town, right? Yeah. So concentrated in what is one building essentially um is 50 percent of the bands that are mm-hmm. actually that you've heard of from richmond are mm-hmm. all in one place yeah next to each other practicing sometimes in the same room practicing yeah it's it's pretty crazy to go in there and be like 
oh, what are you guys doing next? Oh, you're in that band? It's just like every time I go into some of those spaces, either to photograph or practice, I'm running into other people and they're just like, it's the, it's just, it's starting to cross over more. Whereas before it was yeah. like, that's the metal practice space. That's the punk space. That's the jazz space. That's the, now it's like, it's kind of just meshing together more at the practice space level. Um, which I think has something to do with it too, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, it's not that big a town and I think, yeah. I think it's important. Um, if you, if you want to talk about a scene, um, like that, all these people creating and sort of find each other and not just like show up at the show or like, I right, know you yeah. or something yeah. because that gets into weird sort of like, uh, you know, friend nepotism and shit. You know? <laughs> right, right. Uh, and it certainly doesn't DC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you didn't know somebody and all of a sudden they set up in the rehearsal space next to you, all of a sudden you're forced to yeah. see how this person is creating. Yeah. And if you are a creative, you're going to be like, that's interesting. Right. And um, having that all jammed together is like good, and that maybe maybe that's what it is. I think it's a little of that, and it's the radio station, and it's just the culture that we're in right now, coming out of all that stuff mm-hmm. from the you know two thousands. I think it's just a good, uh, perfect storm of things happening, and we're we're Richmond's one of the benefits is, is benefiting from a lot of that yeah. happening at once. Cool. Well, PJ, thank, yeah. you, thank you so much. Thanks for, so much for having me. Yeah, really. no, thank you. And then we'll get you some more coffee. Yeah. You have the honor. This is not only the earliest podcast we've done, but the yes. least the least beery one. Whoa. You will have to come back for one where we are drinking beer. Oh, right. And I'll bring Hillary. I yeah. She was, I, have, she I don't know her, but like bring her. Because, oh, yeah. yeah so. She's amazing. Yeah, cool. So thanks again. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, yeah, cool. Awesome, man. Cool. All right, there you go. Uh, it was PJ Sykes uh, in all his glory. Uh, I, I want to thank PJ for coming up. Uh, it was good to finally meet him, get to know him. Hopefully, we'll be talking again soon. Uh, I mean, damn it, that's just is a great talk. Uh, you, you talk about like why why we do the site, why he does that, why why people just you just get up and if you have an inkling to do something, it, it, just get up and do it. I mean, it's, just, it's so important to do that, and, and this is a guy that did. Uh, he drove all the way to fucking Florida for no reason, except he was like, maybe I'm going to do this. Uh, if that doesn't compel you to get off your ass, I am not sure uh, what will. Uh, at any rate, uh, again, thank you, uh, PJ, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Uh, Hoax Hunter's album is out 8-5. Merge 25 is happening. His photos will be up later. Look for those. I'm sure we'll tweet them out. Uh, and whatnot. That is our podcast for the week, as usual. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, leave a comment. Still don't know what it's going to do, but maybe it'll get more people to listen to us. So if you like that and you want to hear more of these, then uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, Internet Savvy, listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, or you can just listen to us on the site. Uh, that is usually working <laughs> if our provider has it up. So uh, we're going to take off now. Uh, We'll hopefully talk to you in a few short days. And uh, if you're going to Merge 25, everybody, uh, have a freaking blast.